0: Uh, Balderdash Academy, competitive comedy. Good for your health, like a yearly colonoscopy. Bring a flask, don't forget your hall pass. If you need a laugh, let me introduce the school staff. Marie Stewart Harmon teaches home economics. See her after class for some home-brewed tonics. Sex with me is like Nate Green, cause finishing on top is his normal routine. Coach Steve brings the show sports knowledge, but he's bad at portmanteaus cause he didn't go to college. Wally McGill spits words like an Uzi. She wins every game, you can't name a single movie. They call movie. Randy Hunt, the theater guru, he'll always almost win like deja vu do. Carla Why, you better watch your back. She's notoriously known for teaching music facts. And Bob LeBlanc gets no disrespect. Don't talk back because he's technically correct. Yes, let's go. Bob the Dash Academy, baby. All right, sit down. Class is starting.
1: Good afternoon, Dashers. I am your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc. Welcome back to the school year. Joining me as always is our faculty professor of music theory, Carla Rose Dubois. Professor of steam, Nate Green. Professor of home ec and wellness, Marie Stewart Harmon. And defending her title, our 2021 grand champion, Professor Molly McGill. Champ! How are you feeling today?
2: need to get back in this game, season two, ready to do this. We got a great guest. You guys, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I couldn't have done it without beating you.
1: Yes. Okay. Thanks. Do you have anything to say to your competitors?
2: Buckle up. Giddy up. Let's get down.
1: Now, our visiting professor today is Renee S. D. Camillus. Renee is a horror author and editor, musician and singer, yes. and a tree hugging hippie with a sharp metal edge. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why are we having a horror author on in September rather than for Halloween? Well, because in Balderdash County, Halloween season lasts from August to Thanksgiving. You don't want to miss this one. So, speaking of Halloween, our official Pumpkin Jack Pumpkin Carving Contest is also back. So, whip out your gourds and show us your pumpkins to enter. Just post a picture of your jack o' lanterns on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Tag us in the post and use the hashtag PumpkinJackOff. The winner will be featured on our show and will receive a special item from our store. Now, Renee has agreed to be the scorekeeper tonight while our faculty members compete for the coveted reigning champion banner. They will perform a series of comedy challenges. And at the end of each challenge, Renee will assign points to a competitor she feels is most worthy. She's not looking for the correct answer. Likely not going to find it, but she's looking for the best answer. The points are arbitrary and can be given to Anyone at any time for any reason at the end of the show, the faculty member with the highest point total will be named the reigning champion. Our first game tonight is called Give Me the Details. Now, I will reveal an interesting bit of trivia, and each of our faculty will fill us in with a little known bit of extra information about the story. Our visiting professor will give points for the answer that she likes best. Now, UFOs or UAPs have been in the news lately with the declassification of secret documents. In 2020, the government admitted they have no idea what the phenomena actually are. 2020 was a big year outside of just the pandemic. Now, some sightings only go unidentified for a short time, and this is one example. Now, this happened in July where viewers of an ISS, that's International Space Station, live feed saw strange geometric lights floating by outside the window of the space station. It was classified as unidentified for a very short period of time before the real source of the lights were revealed. Now, our faculty know what the real source of these lights are, And to start us off with the correct answer, we have Carla Rose Dubois. Carla Rose, what was the actual source of these lights?
3: Well, look. I am, speaking of tree-hugging hippies, peace man, (laughs) I'm a hippie myself, Um, and I happen to know this little piece of uh, hippie trivia. Um, In the 1970s, a group of hippies decided to launch a Celestial Discotheque, and it was not publicized, and it was never heard from again, and as far as I know, that party's still going up there in outer space. And I have a feeling, I have a feeling that's what it is an out, outer space discotheque. And
1: I want to go right. outer space <laughs> disco. They're desperately trying to stay alive. Marie, what's your answer?
4: Of course. Well, I don't know all of the scientific terms that would probably be necessary <laughs> here when describing gravity and aviation and. <laughs> space stuff however (laughs) i do know that on spaceships there is a room that all of the astronauts go in to um fart uh to relieve themselves and that room just gets like packed full of gas like actual gas (laughs) and then there's somebody's job to release this gas out into the astrosphere yeah, place yeah, th- sure. th- th- where the spaceship is, and when the chemicals <laughs> of the gas combined with outer space, it created a light show.
1: Yeah, all so right. So release the of the space flatatorium. Nate, what do you have
0: <laughs> first? Uh, first, I'd like to make it clear that uh, the students. I have uh, three students in detention. They're staying late and they're mm-hmm. washing the the beakers and Bunsen burners. Um, <laughs> and uh, make sure you keep the flames on, guys. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> you guys earned it. Such a good teacher. Um. So that's the background noise. But what I wanted to let you know is the real reason behind this. Marie was on to it. She was super close. But, uh, you know, you. I'd ac- give you some props there because as a uh, health and wellness person, you know, flatulence comes naturally to you. But it's it actually urine. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. So th- in the early space programs, they would just release their urine out into space. Um, uh, and that has nowhere else to go. They're not, they're, they're in a, um, they're in an orbit around earth. Uh, mm-hmm. the urine's not going to escape the ur- the, uh, the orbit. So it's going to stay there. Mm-hmm. And fun mm-hmm. fact, when urine gets in space, it forms into geometric shapes. They're like tangrams. It's really fun to play with. Um, <laughs> exposed to the natural radiation of the sun. Uh, they they can absorb it like solar panels. Tesla is really big into using this and um and they give off a not, uh like a bioluminescent uh design so it's cool really just uh uh-huh. with little lasers that the that the astronauts can use in the space station they can move the tangrams around and uh make little uh pictures it's it's beautiful wow. An- Angra. <laughs> like Tesla Angra. says you're in the money, Molly, what's your answer?
2: Oh, wow. Those are all great answers. However, uh, the real answer, it's been espunged from his record because he was a minor. Um, Mm -hmm. God rest his soul at the time. But it, it was actually little Timmy McGraw. Who was playing with one of those light laser pens that oh. you can get, yeah. you know, that like maybe TED Talk people use? Oh, and if yeah. they really want something to be shown, they say, Look at the green light. And if they're not looking at the green light, they can twist the cap and then it goes, Beep, pew, pew, and you have all the, the space colors out there. Mm-hmm. So he was just a little old Timmy McGraw playing with one of these laser pens, <laughs> did not understand the power that those have. His parents told him, Don't shut it in your eyes. Don't shine it in your eyes, and he's like, "Fine, I'll shine it in the sky." Little did he know, the international space stations right above him. Pew 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 pew. It's going past them. They're freaking out. All mm-hmm. hell breaks loose. Pew pew.
1: Good answer. Good answer. And that's right, Alan. Uh, did Lassie <laughs> help Timmy in this situation? Who knows? So, <laughs> Renee, we have Carla Rose. Where hippie launched a uh, hippie launched disco in space. <laughs> <laughs> Marie, with the release of the space flatatorium out of the astrosphere. Stinky. Nate, you're in the money with geometric urine, and Molly with little Timmy McGraw (laughs) with a laser pointer. How would you like the score?
3: Dr. Phil's son.
5: (laughs) Well, I have a six-year-old son, so Oh, Marie, your answer is right Spunk up there. Team. I'm going to yeah. have to go with me. a <laughs> hundred <laughs> points for Marie. Woo! Well, Bang Bang! You go astronomical. Pew, pew, pew,
4: pew! All right. Thank you. Who said farts yes. don't get you anywhere? All
1: right, good right. answer. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have a question for the audience. What do you think the answer is? Let us know and check back after four questions. To find out. I know, teaser. So our visiting professor is Renee S.D. Camillus. She is the author yeah. of the psychological thriller, supernatural horror novella, The Bone Cutters. It's published yes. through Erasers Press. The links are in the description. I've read it. You should too. The sequel of the Bone Cutters is in the works with a publication date to be announced. Now, Renee's short fiction appears in the Wicked Women anthology of New England horror writers nice. from NEHW Press, Northern Frights, the North, uh, the Journal of Horror Writers of Maine, issue two point five. Lost Dead Man's Tome, The Conspiracy Issue, Sirens Call, Easy in Issue 37, The Other Stories Podcast. Her poetry appears in the Horror Writers Association Poetry Showcase, Volume 4. She has her first comic book forthcoming through Fee3 wow. Comics with a publication date to be announced. She is an active member of the Horror Writers Association. And fun fact, she's also a former gravedigger and knows how to get rid of a body fast without leaving a trace. <laughs> and she's not afraid of getting her hands dirty. So, not when you're doing well, Be kind table. to her. <laughs> now, Renee lives in the woods of Maine with her husband, their son, and a house full of ghosts. Renee, uh-huh. welcome to Balderdash Academy.
6: Yay! <laughs> Yeah, now, of all
1: you. of that, and we're going to touch on your writing. We're going to touch on on your craft, <laughs> but grave digging. I need to know about you. Got to fill us yeah, in. What was up with the grave digging? How did you get into it? How did you find it? What did you do when you were there? Tell us about it.
5: Well, I dug graves while I was there. <laughs> That's,
1: um, so. It is as advertised. Makes
5: sense. <laughs> 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 well I was going to grad school at the time and my um a good friend of mine was the superintendent of the cemetery and I was giving him guitar lessons at the time and I needed to get out of my shit job that I was in and yep. he needed help and I'm like hey can you work around my schedule yep yeah, all right I'm in I yep. like being outside so
6: the
2: dead can wait yeah. and I, I yeah,
5: don't play well true. with others always <laughs> and everyone there was really easy to get along with
0: Nice. Yeah. <laughs> now, I have a question about uh, about your grave digging. Uh, do you feel like sure. your natural enemy would be somebody like Indiana Jones, who actually <laughs> digs looking for stuff?
5: Yeah, <laughs> I never really thought about it.
0: Just wondering, like, <laughs> who is your nemesis? Would it be Would it be Indiana Jones? Well, well, I would think it would be somebody is... who fills the grave back in.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, well, okay, that's <laughs> true. But it's the back, <laughs> Is yeah, she, I mean, reality—the nemesis of the a grave digger is gravity, <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, <laughs> or yeah. eternal life. Ooh, uh, good, well, answer. Hey, you know, yeah. good answer. Good answer. Now, story. how much uh,
1: did you learn anything on the job that helped inform your horror writing later on, <laughs> or at least was it the, the atmosphere?
5: The atmosphere, yeah, and uh, yeah, I have a lot of I lot of have a lot of ideas stirring around, and uh, actually, the sequel to my book has a. Features the graveyard I worked in.
6: Ooh, oh,
2: cool. cool. Oh, very cool. Thanks. I mean,
5: it's not it's not named after the real graveyard, of course, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's in there. <laughs> you have... So seen. yeah, I, get a lot, I got a lot of inspiration from from working there.
2: You have done so many things over the course of your career, psychology, playing the guitar, all these things. Have you always, as horror, always been in, in the in the background of your being and who you are? Were you interested in it young or is it a, a newfound thing?
5: Yeah, when I was a kid, I was pretty obsessed with horror movies. You know, all the horror movies of the 70s, 80s. Yeah. So, you know, I was pretty hooked with that. And then, you know, for literary, I just, I started reading Poe, you know, Lovecraft, King, done deal. Yeah. (laughs) Favorite horror movie? Do you have a favorite? Favorite. Well, I... I can't pick a favorite. One that stuck with me. I would say, like, the first horror movie that ever really scared the crap out of me and gave me nightmares is the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Brutal. Mm,
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Good answer. So we mm-hmm. will talk more about Renee's writing when we return. Join us for more Balderdash Academy and the answer to give me the details after four questions. We'll be right back.
4: Could be gas.
1: Could be gas. Could be gas. <laughs> Welcome back to Balderdash Academy. Our points are Marie is in the lead with 100 points. Joining us today is visiting professor Renee S. DeCamillis. Now, Renee is a horror author, editor, musician, singer, tree hugging hippie, my type of people. Now, before we move on to the next game, I will spin an opening icebreaker from a series of questions written by our intern specifically for Renee the balderdash (laughs) randomizer will select one of the ten questions and the question is go big money (laughs) Renee you have 30 seconds or less to answer what is your favorite subgenre of horror (laughs) I like uh, cosmic horror. Cosmic horror. Being somebody who lives in Newburyport, I can appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) I basically live in Lovecraft country. All right. (laughs) So in honor of Renee's career as a horror writer and active member with the New England Horror Writers and the Horror Writers of Maine, we have four questions about topics from the grave. Now, whichever one of our faculty members gives the best not the correct, but the best answer, Renee will award points. Our first question. While excavating a 1,300 year old necropolis in northern Italy, archaeologists found the remains of a man with what? Unique appendage modification. Marie, what's your answer?
4: <laughs> Uh, I would would definitely love to go first. Um,
1: uh, The
4: unique appendage that this man had that was uh, modified on his body because he was not born with it. um, He he had um, a a nose ring that was so large, it went like that his nose ended up growing around it. And so his nose. (sighs) They, like these little flaps, they just like grew yeah. down around it. And so that, that and they became uh oh. very um hard. So they were like little nose shields on his nose. And that is definitely what was on this man thirteen hundred years
1: ago. <laughs> Calcified nostril nose shields. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I knew what I was gonna say before I started talking.
0: <laughs> yeah, Nate, what do you have? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I gotta say. I I know everybody, when they think of Italy, they immediately think of gelato, uh, which is amazing and hard to find in America. That's really good. Um, But uh, everybody thinks of that, despite the face Molly made. Um, And uh, so what this guy did is... uh, Mr. Gelato, that was his name. He created it. He loved it so much that he created... Expanders for his cheeks, so he was basically like a, a human chipmunk, and he would just store gelato in his cheeks, and it would just just puff right up. Um, unfortunately, gelato melts, so there was a lot of drooling. Um, it was really good tasting drool, uh, but yeah, but that was that was it.
1: <laughs> All right, Nate with gelato chipmunk cheeks. Molly, what do you have?
2: Well, we all know that early man created the wheel. Right. And then with the wheel came all kinds of amazing inventions. We have the plow. We have the ab roller. We have, <laughs> we have the, frisbee. the shake weight. Right? We what this particular gentleman who was found invented himself And in what was attached to his arm, an appendage that was he was not born with. It was actually the key to the very first Vespa. That's right, folks. This man invented the first Vespa to ever grace Italy's fine, fine dirt and forested roads at that time
1: <laughs> All right. the first Vespa, Carla Rose, what do you have?
3: Well, I feel like I'm uniquely uh, qualified to answer this question as a genuine hundred percent Italian article. Um, I not to mention an
1: actual archaeologist that an
4: archaeologist. <laughs>
3: from being music teacher, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I feel obligated to answer this question like this. All right. My family through the years, they oh, put yes. down. You know how they say maybe she's born with it? Well, this is maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. And it was Maybelline because everybody knows that if it was a young man that was found, his mother would not be far behind. And this young yeah. man had his mother surgically attached and her name was Maybelline and she yes. had a pile of freshly made laundry in her arms. Um, it's, it's just an Italian thing. They love their mothers. Yes. And this one had his uh, mother surgically <laughs> attached to his side at all times. And she loved it. She just kept feeding him the f- meat, the me tell oh, Julius, I love you. Oh, you eat the oh, mangi. Yeah.
6: right. <laughs>
3: oh, I want to apologize now. So,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Renee, <laughs> We have Marie with calcified <laughs> nostrils, which turn into a nose shield. We yes. have Nate with gelato chipmunk <laughs> cheeks. We have Molly with the first the key to the first Vespa, and we have Carla Rose with a man had his mother Maybelline <laughs> surgically attached to his arm. Hungry. <laughs> Uh, Carla Rose is actually the closest (laughs) believe it or not it was a man (laughs) with a knife blade prosthetic attached okay. to his arm, which in Italian is referred to as a very bad day. If you forget which hand you masturbate with. So, um, but
6: inspect
1: hey. the gadget. Uh. Go, go. we have Marie with a large nose ring and calcified nostrils. Nate with chipmunk cheeks, Molly with a key to the first Vespa and Carla Rose with a mother surgically attached to an arm. How would you like to score?
5: I'm going to have to go with um, Carla Rose <laughs> with the uh, top, top earning points for that one. All right, i yeah. on very, very close to mama. So <laughs> I'm going to go with a hundred points. for Carla Rose,
1: 100 points to Carla Rose. <laughs> Question <laughs> number two, the Lothigam North pillar site in Kenya is the oldest and largest cemetery site in eastern africa and it contains what strange artifact
6: mm. so
1: this cemetery site in east africa contains what strange artifact let's start with the archaeologist herself carla rose
3: um okay so this is in kenya in africa this is uh this is going to be very unique to africa and this is going to be the skeleton of a penguin and um you're going to wonder how that got there and um many people have but this was a very special uh this was a special revered penguin that made his way to Africa, and uh, he blend- He was found by a zebra family, and they took him in. <laughs> he blended right in, and when he died, they gave him a very special burial, and um, that and they erected a pillar um, to uh, as a monument to his um, his fishy ways. <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> Yeah. So unlike the penguins in actual South Africa.
3: South Africa. This is
1: way <laughs> yeah. north on the eastern sure. coast of Africa. That is that yeah. makes sense why you'd get a statue. All right, Marie, what is your answer?
4: Uh sure. So, um here in the United States, you know, high schoolers have a tendency of like going and hanging out in graveyards at night and being like, "Ooh, kiwi, kiwi, mm-hmm, summon some spirits." <laughs> well, this happened in Kenya too. And wow. not only were they, these teenagers being like, ooh, spooky spirits summoning, um, they had to do so with the ritual shots, 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 shots. So there was shot glasses buried <laughs> like one foot right below, underneath all, like throughout the entire cemetery. And boy, did those teenagers see some spirits.
1: Kids will be kids. <laughs> all right. All right. Come with your own spirits. Nate, what do you have?
0: Yes. Uh, well, if, uh, it, this actually uh, was what brought about the idea of the Little Mermaid by Walt Disney.
6: Okay.
0: Um,
6: so, <laughs> <Walt> Disney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Walt Disney. Or
0: dis- Disney pictures. Uh, he was he probably dead off. when they made it, but whatever. I mean. Uh, so Ariel's voice gets trapped in a box. Ursula does that. It's it's mm-hmm. no. Sp- oh, spoil- uh Alan, put a spoiler warning oh, up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> spoiler um, yeah. Yeah, we'll so put the spoiler
1: I, up for the 31 year old for 32 year old movie,
0: Nate. I mean, it's it's not it's not as old as Rocky. Yeah. Uh, the song is old as time. So uh so yeah, that so that voice box really uh from The Little Mermaid was taken from this. What what they discovered um in Africa was was a little box. Uh when they brought it up, they opened it. And out came the voice of Fran Drescher. And that's how she got her voice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they they took some creative licenses with The Little Mermaid, but yeah. That's amazing.
1: The voice of Fran Drescher. (laughs) Once you open Pandora's box, you can't put the voice back in. I mean, that's just the truth. All right, Molly, (laughs) what is your answer? Oh, my (laughs) God.
2: That's great. uh, So... uh, Music is a huge part of African uh, culture, and mm-hmm. the Europeans and Asians then spread to us, and, and then everybody was kind of jiving together. Uh, we also know that there's torrential rains down in Africa. <laughs> God bless so- awesome. I miss... there's mudslides and and there's tons of mudslides and lots of rocks and mudslides and rocks. And the cemetery was just like, you know, overflowing and, and, and years and years of this happened and people just kind of like dancing on top of it, just getting down. And so when they finally went to digging in the graveyard to find what is actually there, they stumbled upon one of the greatest things of all time. Toto's album and their single (laughs) Africa. Wow. (laughs) Because there are all right, Africa. Africa. I
0: prefer the Weezer cover, but whatever.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, no. all right.
0: So we
1: have Carla Rose with the skeleton of a penguin in East Africa, we have Marie, which with ritual shot glasses, we have Nate with the voice of Fran Drescher, and we have Molly's that. Toto album. Nate was, of course, nowhere close. The <laughs> actual answer
6: what?
1: was a burial say. headdress made of more than 400 gerbil teeth. Gerbils?
3: Wow. Okay, I insert, I
1: insert, half of my gerbils.
3: That sounds fabulous.
1: Insert gerbil joke here. Um, Richard Gere? <laughs> Richard Gere said. Just. So, Renee... Again, we have Carla Rose with a skeleton of a penguin, Marie with ritual shot glasses, Nate with the voice of Fran Drescher, Molly with Toto's album. Now, there is actually mm-hmm. a yes. sculpture piece in the Namib desert that plays yep. Africa on continually. A on a loop. <laughs> and should, unless it's covered I by know. the desert, function for the next couple hundred years.
6: Oh, that's a so big love.
1: how would you time. like to score?
5: Well, you know, I wasn't expecting to hear anything about Toto. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're getting, like, I'm going to give you, how would I give you like
2: 250?
1: Wow. 250? Oh,
2: wow. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, out of nowhere, yeah. the grand champion is
1: in the lead. <laughs>
2: So, question
1: number three. Between 1988 and 2002, archaeologists in the Outer Hebrides of Scotland Hebrides. discovered two Hebrides. unique mummies. Now, what made the mummies so unique? Molly, champ, yeah. what do you great. got?
2: Good, great. Super <laughs> duper. Mummies in Scotland made them, the thing that made them so unique was that they were Actually wearing the bladder of a sheep, which was their first failed trial of making haggis. There we go. I said words.
1: Excellent. Yes. So they were haggis, which is now a verb. Carla Rose, what do you got?
3: Mummies were were discovered in the, the Hebrides. Am I correct?
2: Yeah. Hebrides. Okay. Yep. That's right. Yeah.
3: All right. Yeah. Yeah. The Hebrides. So, um, <laughs> oh, so when, no. when they, when they dug these, these mummies up, it was interesting because they were um, in uh, a graveyard and <laughs> these mummies were only about a week old. So they were like perfectly preserved. And um So that was really, really unique that they were like young mummies. Cause most of the mummies that we find are (laughs) old mummies. These are like new mummies, like newly minted mummies. And, um, but like 2002 mummies. What's that? Oh, no. (laughs) sorry i'm I'm pitching my idea here it's incredibly wrong okay so there were these two mummies and they were new mummies and uh they had a pact going so they were holding hands they were like yes we're going to be like the newest mummies ever that you will ever find and like the archaeologist was like cool and then the the uh, like the coroner came over and like, this isn't cool because these are new mummies. This is my jurisdiction. I'm the coroner.
1: (laughs) Next on Scotland's CW. (laughs) New mummies of the Hebrides. (laughs) 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 Marie, what's your answer?
4: (laughs) Well, as we are in Scotland, um, when they they fully removed the fabric, because that is what makes something a mummy, it's like the the wrapping of it, the mummification. Sure, Um, yeah. They were um, saturated in scotch first, which helped with the uh, long-term preservation of these bodies. So soaked in scotch, then mummified. They were very unique. They were wasted mummies.
1: I'm about halfway to being a mummy. Nate, what's your answer?
0: (laughs) I'm actually, uh, I I feel like Marie's onto it. She just, there's a little bit more. Um, So they were completely soaked in scotch, but this happened Mm -hmm. pre- Pre, pre-mortem 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 I'm just gonna say that over and over um and the other odd thing so they were very very intoxicated the other odd thing is they had they they were pre-wrapped they had a bandage going over their eyes and around to the back of their head and it was knotted um and then they they died and they got mummified uh what is interesting is that they both had sticks in their hand and come to find out they were at a birthday party and they were both swinging for a piñata hit each other on mm-hmm. the head and then they both died <laughs>
1: <sighs> yep, yep. alright <laughs> Scottish piñata mummies just add scotch So <laughs>
4: and sombreros
1: <laughs> we have uh, Molly with they were actually wearing the bladder of the sheep they were haggised. <laughs>
6: I
2: guess we I have did. Carla I guess with
1: did. Neo-Mummies, we have Marie with Scotch-saturated mummies, and we have Nate with Pinata mummies. The actual answer is the two mummies were made from body parts of up to six individuals spanning over the course of 200 years. Teamwork.
3: Cool. That is teamwork. That is dream work. <laughs>
1: um, so what apparently night. happened is tests <laughs> revealed that their dead were preserved in bogs, Dismembered oh. hundreds of years later, reassembled and buried.
2: Not reassembled correctly. So, uh, instructions not totally
1: reassembled it. correctly. They were it was um, like IKEA directions. A his mom.
0: It was really hard with those IKEA directions.
2: Yeah,
0: it was a flat pack yeah, but, well, yep.
1: You know, flat pack corpses happen that way. So Molly, we have um, a Molly, Renee. We have uh, Molly with Haggist mummies, Carla Rose with new mummies, Marie with scotch mummies, and Nate with pinata mummies. How would you like to score?
6: Hmm. You're also bad,
5: not <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to go. Nate, yours was the most ridiculous. I love it. I love it. So, I'm
1: going to throw you,
0: I'll throw you 50. How's that? I love 50. I I
1: love 50 50. 50. for Nate.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Our last question of four questions Archaeologists discovered a jar from the 17th century buried upside down. What were the bizarre contents of the jar?
0: Nate, what was in the jar? Fluff and Nutter. (laughs) <laughs> it was fluff and utter. It's a it's like a marshmallowy uh spread that you put on a sandwich. Um that stuff does not go bad so they can still use it.
6: <laughs>
0: All right. Mm-hmm,
6: mm-hmm.
1: I grew up on fluff and utter, so that's perfect for me. Molly, what do you got?
2: Um <clears throat> what was in the jar was a combination of oil and vinegar uh that they tried to shake up and then they also put in several hundred and this is why they're almost extinct um fireflies because they were trying to create their own really groovy lava lamp
1: Our firefly <laughs> all right was extinct. all right so molly it was filled with a glow vinaigrette carla rose what do you got <clears throat>
3: okay well I-, I think i've heard about this they they exhumed it and um This was unique because it was in perfect condition. This is what, the 15th century? Um, 17th, but
1: yeah. 17th, yeah,
3: uh, yeah. yeah. I I read this thing three times. So it's like, up here, (laughs) steel (laughs) trap. Steel safe, more like it. So they opened it and they were like, what the hell is this? So they got the guy, they felt bad for him. The guy that does the carbon dating, he hasn't had anything to do since the Shroud of Turin. So they're like, here, what's in this jar? (laughs) This pink thing, what is it? It's solid, it's pink, it's slightly gelatinous. We don't hazard to taste it. We would, but we don't hazard it. So test this first. So the, the forensic um, carbon dating guy, he sliced it. And he was like, this is a chunk of pickled mammoth meat. <laughs> Made a la spam. It's spammoth. It was spammoth. Spam. Spammoth. All <laughs> right. Spammoth. And they all ate it. And all they right. all died of dysentery.
1: Pickled mammoth spam. Pickled. I can't believe I just said the word. (laughs) It's pickled mammoth spam. (laughs) Marie, what's your answer?
4: (laughs) Well, I think the key here was that the jar was upside down and the jar was Hmm. upside down because it had just caught two bugs. Um, a, A little kid was like. Catching catching bugs, um, the, the these two bugs skeletons were dead. But before they had died, they had created another bug species, which has never existed outside of this upside down jar because they only could exist inside of this upside down jar. So there was the ant and the bee, and then the oh no, bumble ant, <gasps> bumble the bumble ant, the mm. bumble bu- yes. ant.
1: ant, yes. Well. Ants are a type of wasp. So we have That's Nate trying. with Fluff and Utter, Molly with Firefly Vinaigrette, Carla Rose with Pickled Mammoth Meat, and Marie <laughs> with Jug Species Bumble Ant. Well, yes. The correct answer is it was actually a witch bottle, so it contained hmm. urine, nail clippings, and hairpins. Uh, cool. So. so your oh, creepy that. uncle isn't losing it. He's just protecting his basement from witches.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Marie, was that the predecessor to the murder wasps?
1: Yes.
4: Yes. What? yes. What <laughs> they they were fire ants.
1: <laughs> so witch bottles, the ingredients of witch bottles... uh funny enough, is also known as 17th Century Axe Body Spray. So, yes. Renee,
6: <laughs>
1: we have Nate with Fluff and Utter, Molly with Firefly Vinaigrette, Carla Rose with Pickled Mammoth Meat, Marie with mammoth. the Bumble Land. How would you like to score?
5: Hmm. I don't know. The pim- Pickled Mammoth Meat? <laughs> Okay, I'm
1: a gag. A and so I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Carla Rose. I'm going to throw you okay. another hundred. One hundred for nice. Carla Rose. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, Renee, before we move into our next uh, segment, I wanted to take a moment and talk about your work and the craft of writing. I read bone cutters. I loved it. The link is in the description <laughs> So if you're a fan of Barker, read the novella. Now, I wanted to talk to you about uh, your journey from idea to publication. What is your routine? Are, Are you a daily writer or are you a burst of inspiration writer?
5: I try to make myself a daily writer. Um, but it usually begins with a burst of inspiration. It's kind of like the Big Bang. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, that was my stripper name in high school. <laughs> you too? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Only happens once.
0: <laughs> Mine was The Little Dipper. The Little
1: Dipper. <laughs> what draws you to horror as as a genre?
5: Um, I guess I really just you know, I could, I, I could go with a practiced answer, but really, my mind just always goes to the worst case scenario of what could happen. Like, it, I could, it could be a great, beautiful, sunny day, everything's <laughs> great, and just something flashes through my mind that is just absolutely horrific, and I can't stop it. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's the one universal emotion. It's the one thing guaranteed that everybody will at least yeah. feel once in their life. We're born fear. Yeah.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh what I would really like to know and what everybody listening is dying to know because I'm sure because I got hung up on it. Tell me about these ghosts in your house. Do yes. they have names? <gasps> What's going on here? Are, are we friends? Friendly? Are they are they Caspers yeah. or are they not?
5: Um they um a lot of the energy seems uh friendly, but um
4: she said a lot. That doesn't mean all of it.
5: <laughs> that doesn't mean all of it. <laughs> um, well, I don't really, I don't know. Um, sometimes, I, like, I don't always, I don't see ghosts, you know, not like, you know, ghost whisperer. Um, but I feel it a lot. And, and the, the things that I see that don't seem like they would be good are like um, like black Dark. Yeah. I don't know how to describe mm-hmm. it. Um, but, um, <laughs> but I guess, and this goes back to me, you know, why I write for is I like to face my fears. Like anytime yeah. something yeah. that doesn't seem good um, might be about, like, like I, I, I face it. Like, yeah, there was an instance when my um, son was a baby, and you know I was trying to get him to bed at night, breastfeeding him, and all of a sudden he just sat up and looked at the side of the bed, like, just freaked out, and he's just going,
4: that, that, that,
5: that. And I'm like, what's that? And he's, like, clinging to me. Um, Mm
4: -hmm. and I just
5: sat up, and I'm like, what? I'm like, nothing's there, and I just waved my hand there. And after I waved my hand beside the bed, he just kind of settled back in and went to sleep. Um, so, Renee, um, I guess it's kind of a mix. I, I've been trying to find somebody to come to my property the, to kind of try to get a reading on. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to know about, like, if there's any, uh, you know, I've read a lot about, you know, the Native American battles and stuff in my town. So I kind of want to know if anything. Bad happened around here, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That was gonna be my,
3: my question would be have you ever used a conduit? And has that ever shown you anything? Like a like a Ouija board or like a like a clairvoyant? And has is that something that you even approve of? You think
5: that's um, well Ouija boards interest me, but they freak me out at the same time. She so don't know who you're communicating with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh I have used one before but not on this property. Mm-hmm. Um but no I haven't had anybody come here to but I, I've been just currently um trying to find somebody to to come to my property who could you know is maybe you know more experience with that kind of stuff on me, you know. Yeah to try mm-hmm. to see if they can get any any sense of what kind of energies might
2: oh, yeah. be here. Yeah, Renee, you could do what um, uh, Marie said they did in Africa where they just took shot, 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 <laughs> shot, shot,
4: shot, <laughs> shot, 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 <laughs> shot, Can we come? <laughs> work.
5: I'm sure I'd see a lot yes. of supernatural things
1: happening. there <laughs> <Yeah>. Speaking <laughs> of Natural potentially stuff. supernatural <laughs> things, what were the lights on the ISS space station? Well, oh, yes. um, Our give me the details opening answer asked, what were the mysterious lights? And we had a a couple of very close answers. Close being nowhere near right. Uh, The the mysterious lights from the ISS turned out to be human activity reflected off the windows. Uh, Specifically, it was fishermen using bright xenon bulbs to lure Japanese flying fish Through the surface, which is a common (laughs) fishing technique in Asia. So
2: what you're saying was basically a laser pen. (laughs) Basically
1: a laser pen. And uh the smoking gun, if you will, you can tell that it was reflected due to the transparency through the image and the fact that later on in the video you could clearly see cities on Earth reflected in the same place. Okay. So are you ready yeah. for our points? Yes. Our points are in last place. We have Nate with 50 points. Yeah. Followed by Marie with 100, Carla Rose with 200, and in uh, no surprise to anybody, <laughs> our reigning champion, our grand champion with 250 points. Join us when we return for Nate's pop quiz and technically correct only on balderdash academy go dashers hey this is bob when i'm not being the headmaster at balderdash academy i run sleuths mystery entertainment At Sleuths Mystery, we offer something different from your typical mystery experience. Our mysteries are crafted around the game and the experience as a whole. We blend characters, comedy, atmosphere, and a puzzle of a mystery for you to solve. Every show is unique and every ending is different. At Sleuths Mystery Entertainment, you can see the show, play the game, and solve the mystery. If you're in New England, Contact us at sleuthsmystery.com for a killer time. Meet the characters of Balderdash County in Balderdash Academy Teacher's Lounge. You've heard the game show. Now you can go behind the scenes as you meet the students and faculty of our fine school. Unlock the mysteries of the centuries-old buildings, or even go outside the school grounds to meet the denizens of the village of Balderdash character, comedy, and mystery abound in Balderdash Academy Teacher's Lounge.
0: Every other Wednesday on your favorite podcast service.
1: Welcome back to Balderdash Academy. Our points are we have Nate in last place with 50 points, Marie with 100, Carla Rose with 200, and Molly in the lead with 200. And 50 points. Joining us today is visiting Professor Renee S. DeCamillis, author, musician, and badass hippie. Before we move on to our next game, we're back for our final question from the Balderdash randomizer. It's 30 seconds or less. The spin will generate a random question that Renee will try to answer in 30 seconds or less. And today's question. Oh! Oh, this is good. <laughs> Renee, what is your favorite word and why? Whoa.
5: My favorite word? Ominous.
1: <laughs> mm.
2: Good answer. No, why
1: ominous? It's a great word. I love the it word. Is. Why ominous?
5: Well, right, Horror so yeah. like ominous thing, mm-hmm. yeah. But there my husband go. also used to be in a band, a uh, uh, thrash metal band, and they had a really <laughs> kick-ass song called "Ominous." So you know, Very kind cool. of put the two things yeah. together, and I like the word "ominous." About, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: Very I sure. jumped into a mosh
5: pit for that, definitely.
1: It is now time <laughs> <Yeah>. for our <laughs> pop quiz.
0: I wish that was in season one.
1: And now with our monthly pop quiz,
0: Professor of Steam, Nate Green. Nate, what do you have for us? An awesome intro song. Uh,
3: (laughs) (laughs) So good. It just kept going.
0: (laughs) I know. And a question. Uh, And this actually uh, comes about... uh, Well, all right. So in the 1980s Nightmare on Elm Street horror movie Mm -hmm. franchise, uh, there's a woman who is uh terrorized in her dreams and mm-hmm. when she wakes up her hair has gone white so my question is can hair can hair really turn white from fright mm. and and um please give me the deets uh so mm-hmm. let's let's go start off here with bob he hasn't answered many questions Uh, get this game. Mm -hmm. So the question is,
1: can a person's hair turn white from fright? Yes. And the the answer is yes, but only if the fright rhymes with their greatest fear. Mm. Interesting. So Yeah, If it doesn't rhyme, it's just not going to work. Some people are immune to the phenomena. Like myself, completely immune. Uh, I I can go through horrible frights. My hair will never turn white. Some some people call it a gift. Uh, Mm -hmm. But again, the answer is yes, but only if their fright rhymes with their greatest fear.
0: It's a verb. Mm -hmm. It's a
1: a word-based phenomena.
0: All right. Mm -hmm. uh, So rhyming uh i'm not good at that so <laughs> i guess that would be fine for me although i am losing my hair too so let's go with uh, molly <clears throat>
2: um yes of course of course hair can turn white from fright everyone knows that um look at any film or or uh, movie which is the same thing as a film (laughs) or uh, anybody that you see that's scared or people walking around on halloween anyways when someone gets scared what happens all the blood drains out of their face right they all go and they turn white and pale as a ghost right we've all heard it now if the fright is so bad that it also goes to the hair follicle. I'm talking frighty, fright, fright, people. This is like as scared as you can be. So not only does all the blame, the blame, David Blaine, he does this trick. Not only does yeah, the blood does. out of your body, but it goes into the hair and sucks the uh, color out as well, turning it white, right? White. white.
0: So, okay. So David Blaine sucks the color out of your hair. He's done it only twice in Los Angeles. All right. That's what I gathered. Um, and, uh, Carla Rose, let's go with you.
3: Hi. Well, look, when we have a theory we try to prove it by looking back at things in culture or history where it's been noted to kind of give it some credence clear water and revival
6: (laughs) (laughs) Revival.
3: (laughs) speaking of music that's where we find uh the answer here we hear a reference to that in the early 90s song by the curiously deep voiced crash test dummies. There is a verse in their song "Mm -mm -mm -mm," where he said, Longs there was this kid da 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 something something. His hair had turned from black into
2: bright white.
3: So there <laughs> is a reference that this man wrote the song about witnessing this kid in school. His hair had turned from black into bright white, and then he went, Mm-mm-mm-mm. "Who knows? Like we don't know." But. Since then, technology has come far into studying this. And what we know now is the core of our hair, hair, each hair is magnetized. And when we're frightened enough, the core gets demagnetized and all the color scales fall off at once. That's why usually when someone's hair turns white from fright, there's usually a pile of Colored scales that are the color of their hair, usually in the general vicinity. If they get to it in time, they can remagnetize their hair core and attach their powder back onto their hair and recolorize their hair, but they have a very short window of time, approximately 10.5 hours. And I'm gonna say my footnote look at Crash Test Dummies uh, to prove my theory.
1: I gotta be honest with you, the Crash Test Dummies were the only band that I could actually sing in karaoke. <laughs> I can see
0: that. All I'm right, so what I gathered was crash chest dummies are like magnets and they flake. they, yeah, they that's
6: what I
2: got. Flake powder. Okay. Mm-hmm. Crash chest mm-hmm. dummies mm-hmm.
0: flaking powder. Mm-hmm. Modern, mm-hmm. modern day Shakespearean. That,
2: that,
4: that about sums it up. Mm-hmm.
0: Got it. Uh, Marie! Yep. Uh, yeah, yes. can your hair turn white mm-hmm. from fright?
4: I hate to break it to you all, but no, it can't. Has anybody seen Miracle on 34th Street? I'm sure we all have. It's a beloved Christmas movie. Santa Claus is laying in bed and he makes sure that his beard is outside of the covers because he says if they're outside, they will grow better. But Kris Kringle was wrong. It actually is the cold air is what turned his hair, his beard white. Now, in these hauntings, this woman who was being in the nightmares, uh, she was sleeping with the window open. It was cold air, cold air rushing in. Mm-hmm. Very logical explanation for a mysterious situation. But it's it's all logic. It's all just cool air coming in and blowing around those locks and cold air makes them just as like we learned from Santa. Right? Yeah. yeah. So Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cold air turns your hair yeah. white. Which is Rapunzel it,
1: it does not oh go on. <laughs> which is why
0: Rapunzel's <laughs> hair is always white. Um it explains yes. the Scandinavians. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, uh, I'm gonna, I want, uh, Renee, I'd love you to score this before I give out the real answer, um, because these are fantastic answers, and I'm gonna go in reverse, because my memory works better that way, um, Marie's cold air will do the trick, uh, it will turn your hair white, uh, Carla Rose's crash desk dummies get magnetized, you can put them on your refrigerator,
6: um,
0: <laughs> Molly... Said uh, it was the she cries out the color. No, what was no. it?
2: You get so scared that you, you get so pale, scared, but if you get super scared, right. it sucks it up from your hair follicles as well.
0: Yep, Fo- follicle sucks uh, with David Blaine in the movies. Uh, and Bob uh, said that you, you can do that, and his answer was also very good too. Right, Bob.
4: It was Burn. very good. Well, it came from it? the hood. It was oh, it rhymed. Something about blood. <laughs> if
0: if you, if you get scared, then you gotta be haired white. Um, <laughs> yeah. So right, yeah, you rhyming. Can't rhyme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> which one do you which one do you want to shell out some points to?
5: Well. I have an extremely bad habit of rhyming when I don't even mean to. So I'm going to go with Bob on this one. There we awesome. go. And Thank you. Hmm, how about hmm, 125. Oh, Bob. 125. Fucking a quarter.
0: Was it 125th on or
2: one hundred twenty 125th
0: of Oh, of okay. 125th point. of a point. I just, <laughs> I, I'm last. I'm just wondering if anybody else could get in. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> the, the correct answer is yes and no. Uh, actually, there is no no way that you can be scared so much that your hair just turns white. Uh, and this is so from Doctor Dr. Dr. David. <gasps> Ostrinch, oh. um, who's an associate director of the Ostrinch Medical Group in New York. Now, it can't do that, but there is something that it can do. It can elevate your stress levels, which would then uh, ha- induce oh. alopecia areata, which is an hmm. autoimmune condition that attacks hmm. hair follicles, causing pigmented hair, such as black, brown, red, blonde to fall out, leaving just the gray and white non-pigmented hair. So it, okay. the stress, if you get scared enough, can cause a certain type of alopecia that makes you lose all of your hair that has color, leaving only the white hair. Um, he also said that wow. when this came about, it was uh, in in uh, writing, um, and like I don't know when, but like back before there was really good hair dye. <laughs> Um, and so back then, it might be possible for somebody to dye their hair, go swimming, or, or take a shower or something, and then it, the hair dye washes out, and all of a sudden, they're white hair. Um. Mm. But I like the science-y answer better.
6: <laughs> and, and
0: the David Blaine one.
1: And the David Blaine. It has to be the David Blaine. Now, our next game is a fan-favorite Not Molly's, but it's a fan favorite, technically correct. Now, I will read a description of a movie that is technically correct. Our faculty will all come up with an answer as fast as possible and present it one by one. Renee Mm -hmm. will award points to the answers that she likes best. Now, movie number one. A single mother needs help moving. Molly. A single mother needs help moving. What's the film? Bird Box. Bird Box. Technically correct. Yeah. Carla Rose. What do you What do you got? Um,
3: what's what's her name with uh, Robin Williams? uh <laughs> fruiting.
6: What's that one?
4: Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire.
1: Thank you, Molly. All right, Mrs. Doubtfire, you, Marie. What do you have?
4: Um, Bambi. Bambi. Mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um
0: a single mother needs help moving. Uh I'm gonna say, what's eating Gilbert Grape?
1: What's mm-hmm, eating mm-hmm. Gilbert Grape? We have Molly with bird box, Carla Rose with Mrs. Doubtfire, Marie with Bambi, which is the most technically correct answer of the bunch. <laughs> I know. And <laughs> Mate with oh, what's eating Gilbert Grape. The real answer is the secret of Nim.
6: Oh, oh. Secret oh okay. yeah.
5: Nick
1: and Scared me. So <laughs> Renee, how would you me. like to score?
5: Well, I'm going with Molly on this one. Because I love Bird Box. I haven't seen it. And yeah, that's a creative way to look at it, that Do movie. That? Um mm-hmm. on I'm gonna go with how about um
1: one fifty.
2: Wow. Thank you. One
3: fifty.
1: I wouldn't want
0: blindfolded
2: though. You know, you're just like, where did I put the freaking spatula?
0: <laughs> you know, I all right No, I haven't seen Bird Box, but does she then come I. across another mother that's also blindfolded? And do they have a piñata?
2: We are oh, not yes. No. That's uh, the
1: entire is. movie. Is yeah. you blindfold you know mothers yeah. and then they're attacked by piñatas? So common.
6: Is that one of those uh,
3: monthly subscription boxes? I think I get that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, movie number 2, a disgruntled IT employee sells company secrets. A disgruntled IT employee sells company secrets. Carla Rose, what's your answer?
3: Um, I'm going to say Free Willy. Free Willy. <laughs> Not the one you all know. <laughs>
1: Marie, what do you got?
4: Uh, the social network.
1: Social network. Nate, what do you have? Snowden.
0: Snowden. <laughs>
1: Snowden. All right. And Molly? Um,
2: I can't think of the name of the other one I want to say, so I'm just going to say this one that I know the name of. And is this the name of it? Five Alive? Short Circuit. Five- Short Circuit
0: short circuit short johnny circuit. five
1: <laughs> johnny five is alive short circuit so five we alive. have a, candy a bar? disgruntled it employee sells company secrets we have carla rose with free willy marie with the social network nate with snowden molly with short circuit the answer is of course jurassic park <laughs> yep
6: <gasps> Look, that's my favorite movie. Just
3: myself.
1: It is Carla Rose's Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Renee, how would you like to score?
2: <laughs>
3: I'm sorry, Jeff Goldblum. I'm so
2: sorry. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> you let him down.
6: I let him so down.
5: I love you.
1: How would you like to score, Renee? Um,
5: let's see. Um, I had no idea on that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> nor
4: did we. Oh, <laughs>
5: well i'm gonna say the one that sounded the most believable is the social network so i'm gonna say for marie and i'm gonna give you um i'm gonna give you a hundred thanks nice. thank you
1: 100 for marie our next movie friends try to raise the funds to save their home friends try to raise funds to save their home marie what do you have Oh
4: my god! Um, the that one with Shia LaBeouf when he's a kid and he's playing baseball, The Sandlot. Is that what it's called? The Sandlot. Read with
1: The Sandlot, Nate. What do you have?
4: Yeah, that's what I'm going.
1: Zathora. Zathura. From Chris Van Allsburg. Molly, what do you have?
4: Um.
2: Um. What's that? <laughs> pony boy, in it. What's that one? They don't yes. even have a home. I don't know. Home- uh, <laughs> yes. oh, the home in it. Is. Come on, there's going to be a house in the movie, McGill. Think, think. Um, bird box. A bird <laughs> a bread box. A is it bigger than a bread box? Alone. Yeah, home a- alone. Mm-hmm. Carla Rose, yeah.
1: what's your answer? When's
2: world? When's Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Wayne's
1: World. All right, so we have uh friends try to raise the funds to save their home. We have Marie with the sandlot, <laughs> Nate with Zathura, <laughs> Molly with Home Alone, Carla Rose with Wayne's World. The answer will never say die, it's the Goonies.
2: <laughs> oh, god. yeah, I my John Pony Boy. God, you know, I can't remember anything.
1: Renee, how would you like to score?
2: <laughs> oh,
5: god. <laughs>
3: I crossed my mind too.
5: Dang it. Um Why? Uh,
4: The outsiders.
2: Thank you, Alan. Uh, oh, okay. Uh,
6: yeah.
5: I'm gonna go with Nate. I'm gonna go with Nate. I'm gonna, go Nate. I'm gonna give right. you
0: one thousand. Seventy-five points. One
1: seventy-five points.
2: 175th of a
4: point.
1: (laughs) Movie number four, our last movie in Technically Correct. A lost custodian gets help from a psychologist. A lost custodian gets help from a psychologist. Nate. What about Bob? (gasps) What about (laughs) Bob? Molly, what do you have?
6: Uh, God, what's the
2: name of it um, uh, <laughs> Goodwill
1: Good
2: Hunting
3: Goodwill Good Hunting
1: for Molly Carla Rose what do you got
3: okay so I was gonna say what about Bob but because um, I don't think you could do two of the same I'm gonna do the one with Billy Crystal where he goes on a um where he goes on like a ranch with some friends or
0: something Monsters Inc
3: no the other one <laughs> where he, you oh. actually see his face and he's not an eyeball
4: <laughs> um oh.
1: City slickers. City slickers. City slickers. City yeah. slickers. <laughs> Marie, what do you got?
4: I was also going to say Goodwill hunting, but now I'm going to come up with something else. Um, <laughs> I just, I would like to
1: remind like... <laughs> you, I want to remind everybody that the rules are you have to answer as fast as you can, not uh, that know. you can't no, but... duplicate rules.
4: <laughs> um, I... uh... That one with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck oh. and the girl and the, yeah. <laughs>
0: the Martian.
1: uh jay and silent bob strikes back (laughs) yes yeah they're both in that
4: yeah sure yeah
1: (laughs) all right so we have a custodian lost Mm. custodian get help from a psychologist nate with what about bob molly with goodwill hunting carla rose with city slickers and marie with goodwill hunting slash jay and silent bob strikes back the yeah, answer yeah. i gotta say how do you like them apples molly got one right it's oh, goodwill yes, hunting
0: I, know. <laughs> oh. I knew that was Dude. it no, as, soon as, as soon as she game. said it i knew Holy it, yeah.
1: smokes. i got you know steve is away at an away game right now i gotta call him to tell him because he's not gonna believe it no one's gonna
6: believe this, <laughs> yeah,
1: no gonna believe this. renee how and would you, you like I... to score
6: <laughs> <laughs> mm.
3: <laughs> Nate, don't give I... him faces
5: <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I'm gonna go with hmm. I'm gonna go with Nate again. Oh
0: <laughs> Nate <laughs> Two thousand.
5: <laughs> How about a hundred?
0: Two oh. thousand one hundred. From <laughs> Renee.
4: <laughs>
0: baby steps. So baby steps to not in last. Place. <laughs> Before
1: we get to our final scores, Renee. I want to thank you for being our visiting professor on the first yes. episode Yay. of the second season. We're doing a new format. So I hope you had fun. Um, where can yes. people find your work?
5: Um, oh, well, of course on Amazon. Um, but you can also find me at um, some of the local indie bookstores around. We are yes. um, at um, almost music um, mm-hmm. in uh, quiet city books up in Lewiston. I am even, you can even find me at uh, Walmart, Target, you
4: know? (laughs) What if I wanted to follow you? You can always, what's that? What if I wanted to follow you on the interwebs?
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh, I thought, (laughs) in person. I'm like, she leaves her house around 8.45 in the morning.
5: (laughs) From within the house. (laughs) Want a coffee? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm on. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I don't have any type of special name. Just you know, find right. me into my real name. And all discuss. of her
1: links are in the description for international listeners and viewers. Um, there are sites that contain her work that you can get internationally. So check it out in the description. Uh, Renee, thanks. Thank you once again
6: hey, for coming you. on.
1: Uh, before I announce our me. final. Scores, it is time for tonight's moral. Now, after playing the game, after taking a substantial time off from doing this show, uh, I listened to everything you had to say and one, one thing tonight is very, very clear. After 18 episodes and hundreds and hundreds of questions, if given enough time, Molly will get a technically correct. Yeah.
2: Right. I already feel like a winner. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't win. I
0: feel like a. Winner. Is, that, I'm is that why? Yeah, winner. That
4: trophy right is that there? why the trophy's right there? It's just
0: the why round. the
1: trophies there. This is
2: the goal. The goal. Well, that, you, that is the
1: question. Did our grand champion maintain her title?
2: I don't believe so, but I feel well, like. Well, the ooh. answer
1: is we have. Myself with 125 points. We have Marie and Carla Rose tied with 200. We have Nate with 225, and in the lead for season two, our grand that champion is. Molly McGill with an even 400 yeah, thank points. You, Renee. <laughs> you deserve well it. Well, good done. job. You deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks I'm so. proud of There's you. A sarcasm there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Thank, thank you. you so much, Renee.
1: Yes. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Renee. you all for visiting us at Balderdash <laughs> Academy. I've been your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc. Joining me has been our faculty <laughs> professor of music theory, Carla Rose Dubois. Good. <laughs> well played, <Hi>. Professor <laughs> of <dog> Steam <laughs> <laughs> Nate Green. Thank you. Oh, you guys can put the fire out now. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Professor of Home and Wellness, Marie stewart Harmon.
4: As usual, my face hurts now.
1: Oh. <laughs> our continued reigning champion, Molly McGill.
4: I feel like Starting this
1: is, is somehow
2: going to come back to bite me in the butt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and our visiting professor, Renee S. DeCamillis. Renee, thank you once again for coming on. Thank you, Renee. It was great having you as our first visiting professor of the oh, that's 2021-22, that's 2021-22 that's school year. Remember to like and subscribe to the video. Also remember that we have options available if you'd like to support the show directly. You can also show your school pride with merch from our store. And we are also booking live shows, improv comedy, and team building throughout New England. So you can now have our faculty entertain you at your location or your next corporate event, your restaurant, wherever you need entertainment. Links to everything are in the description Thank you for watching, and have a good night. Bob, do we do well, grave digging?
0: We do <laughs> grave digging. We do? We do. We, yeah, we, we do, do improv during a grave digging session. Okay. Well, like, yeah, grave I, digging,
1: you. funerals, wherever anybody needs some, a little pick-me-up. <laughs> yeah, you solid know.
2: laugh. Yeah. Yeah. We put the fun yeah. in funeral.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In yeah. the mortuary, <laughs> we actually will use prompts from the actual <laughs> I, cadavers and just go right. based on the noises they make.
0: I thought you were going to say
1: props. <laughs> yeah.
6: Well, oh there is a game that we
1: play called Weekend at Bernie's, and occasionally we need assistant props. Yeah. Thank you for watching. Have a good night, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon, Dashers. This is your headmaster reminding you that we are now booking live Balderdash Academy. If you want improv comedy, custom game show experiences, team building, and more, you can find us online at balderdashacademy.com. And don't forget to pick up Balderdash Academy merchandise in our school store while you're there.
6: Balderdash Academy.
1: Balderdash Academy was produced and edited by Bob LeBlanc. Theme music by Think Fish Tank. Performed and written... By Steve Corning, Carla Rose Dubois, Nate Green, Randy Hunt, Bob LeBlanc, Molly McGill, and Marie Stewart Harmon. Copyright 2021 by Robert J. LeBlanc and Steve Corning. All rights reserved. Go Dashers!